This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's coming up, but first, some of the consumer news headlines from this past week. It looks like it's a lot cheaper to have a heart attack than it is to have COVID-19. According to a new report, the cost of treating a COVID-19 patient who needs intensive care in Canada is estimated at over $50,000 compared with $8,400 for someone who's had a heart attack. Data from the Canadian Institute for Health Information shows the cost for patients being treated for covid including those who don't need intensive care, averages out to more than $23,000, which is four times higher than a patient with just regular old influenza. Ann Chapman is the interim director of health spending and primary care at that agency and said that the report reinforces the economic consequences of a serious illness, though it does not include the cost for doctors. The report, which was released last Thursday says those with COVID-19 remain in hospital for about 15 days, twice as long as the typical pneumonia patient whose treatment cost is about 8,000 bucks and that more of those sick with the virus are admitted to ICU and ventilation uh, and one one out of every five of them dies in intensive care, very sadly. And Chapman said data on costs from the fourth wave of the pandemic up to September Uh, We'll be uh, uh, in a couple of months. And uh, it's not unusual for patients who've contracted the virus to remain in ICU on a ventilator for over a month as they're treated by multiple personnel, including physiotherapists and respiratory therapists. Canadian fashion mogul Peter Nygaard, who faces sex trafficking and racketeering charges in the United States, will stay behind bars here in Canada for the time being, at least. The 80-year-old had applied uh, earlier this year to to the Supreme Court of Canada for permission to challenge a Manitoba ruling that denied him bail. An appeal court justice ruled that Nygaard's detention was necessary because of the enormity of the allegations against him. Nygaard is accused by American authorities of using his influence as a fashion retailer to lure women and girls with the promise of modeling and other financial opportunities. He has denied all the allegations. Nygaard was arrested in Winnipeg last December under the Extradition Act and faces nine counts in the Southern District of New York. The 80-year-old was first denied bail in February with a judge citing concerns that Nygaard would contact witnesses if released. He appealed that decision and was again denied release in March. And a family-run clothing company on Vancouver Island is headed to New York's Fashion Week, despite the fact that their warehouse in Cedar on the island was destroyed by fire at the end of August. Uh, Anna Lee Body Good and her sister Sophia Seward Good are the owners of I Lelum, the good house of fashion, and they say they won't let that setback stop them from sharing their First Nations designs on a global scale. Luckily, 
their sewing equipment wasn't in the warehouse. So the New York Fashion Week collection, which was also sitting in the sewing room, was saved from the fire. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. It's believed to be electrical, while the devastating fire added to the challenges of working on the Fashion Week collection. Boyd Good adds, they've been extremely fortunate with all the community support. Their clothing house titled I Lelum means good house in their indigenous language, and it is a collaboration with their whole family. The collection features artwork by their brother, their father sharing stories and some music, and their mother has been their mentor helping with creating the clothes. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we're going to talk real estate, guiding us through the opportunities out there. It's going to be a pretty busy September, according to reports. We'll talk to John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's next when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate with our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point, and you can find him on his website, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, uh, it's good to talk to you. It's been a few weeks since we've talked. Uh, it's, it's good to see you. I hope you had a great summer. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be back, of course. And like a lot of people, I took some time off in August, uh, which probably was a good time given the market slowed down a little bit. But uh, it really feels, you know, now that we're in early September, uh, it really feels like a, the launch of a new market out there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm well rested up. And, you know, it's great to be here talking about real estate again with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, uh, like I live very close to an elementary school, but I think that this is something that's sort of cemented into all of our brains from a very early age that September is back to school time. It's new beginnings. And even when you're not in school, you still get that feeling. And, uh, I am guessing that it really has an effect on the real estate market when people you know, they, they, you know, the summer ends and, uh, September begins and, uh, I bet people, uh, are, they get down to business. Hey. Yeah. You know, I think that's exactly right. Traditionally the, you know, the, the big uh, markets that kind of take off are the spring obviously. And then the fall market, um, in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley this past decade, we haven't had a whole lot of sort of typical markets. We've had a, a strong market. So, you know, virtually every year, um, and so, you know, the summer markets have been pretty strong. And, you know, when we look back at August, it was a, a pretty good month. It, you know, it, it, you know, nothing wrong with it. We're still over the, the sort of the average in terms of, you know, activity out there and sale price, prices have flattened. But particularly this year, I find with the summer giving us all that great weather and all that heat. Um, and also, I think with the COVID situation loosening up and vaccinated people feeling a little more comfortable going out, you know, outside and, and going places. I just got the feeling that in August, with all the heat, that a lot of people were just putting real estate on the sidelines. And when you look at the lack of inventory out there and the fact that there's hardly any new listings come out, well, not hardly any, but fewer than typically, um, you know, I think that it, that bears out that people, you know, some people were still active in the market, but a significant number of people thought, okay, I'm going to enjoy the heat. I'm going to take some holidays. And come September, I'm going to be ready to get back at it. And I think that, you know, that's really what I'm seeing uh, right now is a return to the market in terms of my phone ringing, uh, you know, potential listings coming up. And, uh, you know, so it, it does. It feels like a brand new beginning. It's a, it's a new market. And I think we're starting it off on the right foot. 
Right. And you have people who are, are out there actively looking and I'm looking at the real estate board of greater Vancouver's latest report that came out earlier this past week. And it shows regional sales 20% higher than the 10 year average average home price is up to about 1.8 million. And they say the contributing factor, the big major contributing factor to driving up the price is a lack of listings. There's just not a lot of stuff out there. So it seems pretty obvious to me that um, it might be a good time to to sell a house right now. You know, the supply and demand, uh, and, and again, I've said it many times, it's a supply and demand business, but the ratios right now heavily, heavily favor the sellers. Um, you, you know, it's, it's easy to look back and say, hey, there's hardly any listings, but we have to remember that uh, March and April and May were record-setting months in terms of sales and also in listings. So we, we did get an awful lot of listings, but you know, they sold. And over the summer with this little bit of a break, the number of listings, fresh new listings really started to, to, to dwindle. And as a result, now that we have people getting back to business and serious buyers, uh, there's not a whole lot to look at. And, and that is rapidly changing, by the way. I know a, a lot of people, not just myself, other agents in the business who I've talked to and say, hey, you know, I've got a few new listings coming up the first or second week of September. And I think there's going to be a trend that that listing inventory does bloom. But remember, when the demand is strong, um, you know, at least at first, when there's hungry buyers out there looking to get back at it, and they don't see a lot of inventory. These available listings that hit the market this week and next week are probably going to be extremely popular if they're good listings. And it's almost like, you know, rain in the desert. We may get it, but it might not last that long and it just evaporates. So I would guess that towards the end of September, the market will start to balance out a little bit more in terms of available listings. But the demand side is is still quite strong. And uh, if someone was looking at selling, especially if you don't have to buy again, I think that this month of September is going to be a red hot seller's market simply because the demand is still there and the supply has lagged behind a little bit. And now as it plays catch up, uh, those listings that are out there are going to get a lot of attention. So it might be a good time to go to johnnysmartpoint.com and talk to John Carlson. You can also uh, talk to him by email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. He also has uh, one of those phones that people used to use, 604-612-0080. And uh, this early September time is actually a good time for you because you're just ramping up as well. Um, so you, this might be a good time to call you because, uh, you'll have some, some time in the next few weeks. Absolutely. In fact, I met with a new client yesterday and uh, he said something to me that I thought was interesting. Hey, I'm glad you came out. I wasn't sure if you'd be too busy. And I said to him, you know, I just got off of, you know, three weeks off and uh, I don't have a lot of listing inventory, so I'm not too busy. And I definitely am ready to talk to you if you're, if you're ready to sell. So if there's other listeners out there, uh, who think the timing might be right for them. It, you know, it certainly is for me. I feel great having a little bit of time off and I'm prepared to uh, keep working straight through to Christmas time now. So yeah, I, I would invite anybody who's maybe thinking of selling to to give me a shout. I'm happy to talk to them. And johnnysmartpoint.com is the website that I, I mentioned. You can go to that website and you can see uh, how much commission you could save, first of all, because uh, John is a 2% realtor. Uh, and we may talk about that in a little bit. And something else I want to talk about a little later is uh, a new listing that you have on 14th Avenue that looks like a really nice house. And, oh yeah, uh, we'll, we, we, we'll, 
We'll talk about that in a sec. I I just wanted to tease it because it's a beautiful yes. house. It's on 14th Avenue and uh, we'll tell you about how you can have a chance to look at it very soon. Uh, so uh, another thing that happened this past week were a couple of debates. The English debate was a couple of nights ago and they did talk about housing prices. Uh, I know one of the topics that came up was balancing that uh, that thing where you have mostly older Canadians who have a lot of equity in real estate who would like to see that protected and young people who can't get into the market because those houses are so expensive. So um, what's your take on on this election and what it'll mean for real estate in the future? You know, that's a, a very good question. Um, it is something that is on the minds of people out there. Um, for instance, just a couple of days ago, I met with uh, another potential client and that was, you know, on this couple, that was one of the big things on their mind. They had a house that, you know, was too big for them. They didn't really need it or use much of it anymore. And they'd been thinking of downsizing. And then we, we went, we, I met with them at their home and we spoke and talked about market evaluation and that sort of thing. And, you know, he revealed to me that one of the big reasons they're thinking of selling now is they're a little concerned that whoever gets into power might introduce some sort of an equity tax uh, on principal residences. So this is kind of a hot topic in the press right now. And I'm not going to pretend to um, have any inside information on on any of that. I just read the newspapers and watch the debates and, you know, uh, and, and get my news like everybody else does. But I do understand that, you know, there, there's a, a situation in Canada right now that where, you um, you know, the government needs some income. And I know they're looking at options in terms of different taxes and those sorts of things. On the other side of the, the coin, you know, I, I think these topics have been introduced in the past as trial balloons, and they seem like political suicide. So I'm not really sure how that's going to play out. But I do know that there are people um, out there who are have real estate on their minds, and they're looking at this upcoming election, and they're thinking about hmm, maybe there's going to be taxation introduced, or you know maybe uh, some some of these candidates are talking about restricting foreign buyers to put a cap on the market, and that would obviously be a significant you know change to you know status quo of the market. So I think people are reasonably looking you know at this election and. Um, you know, looking at real estate as part of it and saying, hmm, you know, what should I do and what's coming? And uh, although nobody knows what's going to happen down the road at this point, I do know that the perception out there, um, there is a perception out there among some people that real estate, there's always changes introduced and there could be other changes down the road. So I'm, of course, watching this election and I'll be voting and I, I hope all the listeners out there also do. And I hope that we get a, a government that takes a reasonable approach to, you know, the, the housing situation, you know, nationwide, and especially in greater Vancouver. Uh, but I'll have to wait and see like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to downplay just how hard it is for young people to get into the market with these crazy house prices, but how much do you think uh, this is a conversation that we've been having forever? Because I remember when I was really young, way before I owned a house, um, there was a time when we talked about how house home ownership was out of reach for us. And, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, so do you think that this conversation is just something that we'll always have? You know, that that buying a home is always going to be a big leap for people. And how 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 different is it now, do you think? Well, I think that there's a, there's truth in that. It has been, you know, a, an issue for new buyers for, for forever, as far as I can tell. And, you know, it's funny, I, I do meet with people who are selling their 
property in downtown Vancouver or, you know, other areas that are pretty high priced right now. And they, they say to me, you know, 30 years ago, we paid X for it. And uh, at that time, boy, we thought it was the end of the world and we had to scrimp and scrave and eat, you know, spaghetti every night for two years or whatever. <laughs> so there is that. But I think also, if you look at just where the prices have gone in relation to the average incomes, it, there's no question that it, it's more challenging now. And in my experience uh, with young people, I find that, as you mentioned, uh, some of the older generation parents and grandparents, for instance, will have the equity that's been built up. And they often are partnering up with some of the younger family members to buy properties or even moving in with them, houses with suites. Uh, and there's all kinds of you know, ways to, to look at you know, family members you know, contributing. So that has been a trend out of necessity as much as anything else. Uh, but, you know, it's always been a step up for people and a risk to to step up and buy their first home, particularly now. I think, you know, people have a good point that um, that, it, that it is harder than ever. And that's, I think, why it is a political issue. And we're going to have to see where that goes. Yeah. And this real estate board of Greater Vancouver report from last week also said that one of the things that is uh, a contributing factor to uh, the price of homes is the work at home craze, I'll call it a craze, the work at home thing where everybody seems to be working at home and all of a sudden the home has become more important. And I guess you're starting to see that when you're buying and selling houses. Yeah, that's another trend. In fact, again, recently, I, you know, I've been pretty busy since I got back from uh, from vacation and I met another set of clients who I worked with in the past. And now they're thinking, you know, hey, I can work from home. I'm in the tech industry. As long as I have good internet connection, uh, you know, going and coming and going in terms of sending and receiving, I can work anywhere. And they're, they're starting to look at out of the lower mainland for maybe bigger properties. And I think that's also a trend. And if you take a look at you know, a graph, let's say, of house prices in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, you'll see, you know, the rise and the peak. And then just shortly after delayed response, you'll see that it's like a ripple effect in outlying markets, Vancouver Island, the interior, the Kootenays, all these other areas. They start to, they benefit from that spillover where people say, hey, I'm cashing out. They're leaving with relatively full wallets and they're competing with one another to buy out of the country. So, or I'm sorry, out of the, out of the lower mainland. So these are trends that COVID had something to do with to some degree, and also maybe the aging demographic of people who are now set in their careers and can afford to work from home. I don't know. All these things go into it, but you're right. That is another trend where people are looking at their home as not just a place to sleep and then you know drive out to go to work, but maybe incorporate a big part of the home into a, an office or a business and that sort of thing. So again, there's always changes, and, and this seems to be one that has um, been around since COVID started. John Carlson is our guest. JohnnySmartPoint.com is where you can find him on the net. Uh, John at JohnnySmartPoint.com is the email address. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about the real estate market in the Lower Mainland, as well as uh, a property that John has on the market. It's on West 14th uh, in Vancouver. Um, it's, a, it's a nice one. And uh, we'll tell you all about that when we continue with John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW, and we are talking real estate with John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. 
Uh, you can uh, find them uh, by phone, 604-612-0080, or you can email John at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And we've been talking about the market and how September is really, really starting to heat up and uh, inventory, stuff to buy is relatively low and uh, it might be a good time if you're thinking of selling uh, to get into this market. And, uh, you know, John Carlson is uh, somebody who has sold uh, more than a thousand properties in the lower mainland. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time and he, uh, he knows his stuff. And you can, uh, as I say, go to his website at johnnysmartpoint.com. And if you go to, to uh, your website, John, people can see uh, your listings and you have something that looks pretty primo on 14th Avenue in Vancouver. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm really happy to talk uh, about this listing. Um, you know, it's a new listing and we're going to be, the sellers will be looking at offers on Sunday, the 19th of September. So you've got a little bit more than a week to set up a viewing with your agent or to call me and have me there to, to open it up for you. But um, this listing is in West Point Gray. The address is 4483 West 14th Avenue. So this is a quiet tree-lined street. Uh, you know, it's close to everything. The beaches, uh, the best schools in town, golf club. Um, it, it's, it's The location just can't be beat. And that's a bit of a cliche, but boy, it sure applies <laughs> here. And the house is fantastically well-maintained. I mean, it's a 1920s era house, but it's been updated. And uh, in terms of, you know, the siding, the roof, uh, windows, furnace, all that sort of stuff. So it doesn't have to be a teardown. Now I'm getting calls on this one and some people are thinking of renovating it. And some people are thinking of tearing it down. You can do either one. It's got a lane access. It's a 33 foot frontage lot, 122 feet deep. Uh, again, with the lane access in the garage at the back, RS1 zoning. So you've got a lot of good building options. And if you look down the street, you'll see there are a number of homes that are somewhat newer. So that that might be the path that, that a buyer takes. And that's what I like about this home. It's It's got a ton of the old world charm. The condition is fantastic. If uh, I were a person who wanted to renovate, uh, you know, this would be a house that I could do a cosmetic interior renovation and keep. And I love that. On the other hand, if I'm a builder and just want to rip her down and start from scratch, Again, you cannot beat a beat the location, and I really think that uh, you know whether you're an investor or you're a family looking to be in a the premium neighborhood. This is a great place to invest in your future. So, uh, again, four four eight three West Fourteenth Avenue. The list price is two million three fifty. We're going to be looking at offers on Sunday the nineteenth, and it's available for viewings up until then with your realtor, or of course you can call me if you go to my website. Uh, we have a, a 3D Matterport tour. You can walk through it virtually. We've got floor plans. We've got photos, all that sort of stuff that you want to see. But um, this one should be a very popular listing when it comes to offer time uh, uh, a week from this Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'm just really excited to be involved in it. So uh, we'll have an update. I'll be on again next week just prior to, and I'll probably mention this one again, but it'll be great to to give all the listeners an update on, on this one because it should be very popular. And I'm just looking on your website, johnnysmartpoint.com, and I'm looking at the photos <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's very, uh, you know, very nice looking classic Vancouver West side house, really beautiful. And you know, it's got a full basement downstairs with a separate access. So if, if someone wanted to keep the house and maybe do a second accommodation downstairs, it's the ceilings high enough, it's got access. So really this one kind of, you know, checks, checks all the boxes. Um, this is uh, an estate sale. 
meaning that the seller is no longer with us, but the uh, executor is in charge of the sale. And I've been doing, you know, a few uh, estate sales with executors lately. And it's, it's something that I wouldn't say I specialize in, but I've got a lot of experience uh, doing that. So if there are other listeners out there in a similar situation who um, are maybe uh, or family members of an executor of a property that's about to come for sale, you know, feel free to give me a call because uh, these kind of properties, there's certain ways you want to handle them. And, uh, you know, I think that the market's probably right for you about now. Yeah, as we were talking about, it's uh, it's a good time because it's the it's the fall. It's not technically the fall, but it might as well be because it's back to school time and people are 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 getting down to business. And looking at that house, that is such a beautiful West Side Vancouver house on 14th Avenue, and it's it's over two million dollars. And if you are in that position of selling a house uh, like that, congratulations, by the way. Uh, but you want to think about uh, the commission that, that you pay and, uh, you, you, we've talked about this before. You definitely want a top notch, uh, real estate professional working with you like John Carlson. You've been in this business for many, many years, uh, and you have sold uh, more than a thousand properties in the lower mainland. Uh, but also you're a 2% realtor. And if you go to the website, johnnysmartpoint.com, you can actually look at a, a table and you can figure out exactly if it say, say it is a $2 million home, what you could save on commissions. And that's a lot of money. Um, it can so be. It, it can yeah. be, right? And, and also, I, I always like to put out there that no commissions are not set. Um, so when I talk about any savings, I'm comparing it to the most uh, common commission structure out there, which would be usually 7% of the first $100,000 of your sale price plus two and a half or 3% of the balance. So compared to the most typical structure and most of the clients that I talk to, you know, have talked to other agents as well. And, you know, when they decide to list with me, they say, you know, Hey, I did the math and you've got a great track record. We like the idea of working with you. And it sure doesn't hurt that, you know, we're going to keep 10,000, $15,000, whatever it might be. Uh, more money in our pocket compared to the other agents we're talking to. So, and I say this all the time, I would never choose any professional uh, based solely on commission structure or the, or the pay. But again, that's the whole idea of the smart point. Uh, if you can provide good value and a good track record and good service, chances are you're going to be busy. And I expect to be busy this fall. Right now, if you look at my website, you'll see I only have two listings uh, published. Uh, one of them has an offer in place, the condo. The other one is the one I'm talking about now. And I do have some more coming up this week and next, but listeners out there, I'm definitely available. I have a limited number of spots that I can take in terms of listings and uh, there are some open right now. So I definitely welcome a phone call or an email from any of you. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm looking at the website now and, uh, it's, it's like, you know, more than $20,000, $25,000 we're talking in savings between a 2% realtor and most other brokers. Like you say, everybody is different, but just sort of a typical one. And so that that's hard money. That is like, uh, you know, tax free and that's your money. So, so I think far tax free. <laughs> yeah. So far as we were so talking far. about. <laughs> and um, you know, if I can add to that, Martin, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because this occurred to me just the other day when I met another new client, when I was relatively newer here on CKNW and uh, you know, I, you know, and I, I would get calls from people and I was relatively newer at 2% realty. People would call and they were very much keen on that savings. And that was wonderful. I mean, that was one of the key aspects people called about and 
they didn't want to spend more than they had to, and they wanted to save as much money as they could and put it in their pocket rather than somebody else's. And I wholeheartedly agree, and I understand. But it's funny now, it seems, you know, when I meet people, they say something to the effect that, you know, yeah, we, we like the idea of saving money, but what we really want is a professional that we can trust. And, um, you know, people have told me, you know, when I hear your advertising or I hear you talk out, you sound like somebody that knows his business and is straightforward. And so we wanted to interview you and see if, if you sounded the same way in person. So it's kind of a nice compliment that where earlier on in my career, the savings were a big thing. Now it's more uh, people just seem to want to have an agent that they, they can get along with and they feel confident in. And the savings is kind of the cherry on top. So, you know, I offer both. And again, that's the smart point. And that's kind of my unique marketing position compared to a lot of other agents. And uh, it, it's a compliment to get, you know, uh, those kind of comments. Yeah, that's where Johnny Smart Point comes in and johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And early on in this show, we talked about uh, how the market uh, is in a sort of a, a good pocket right now, a good envelope uh, where there's not a lot to buy out there, but people are coming back into the market because it's after the summer and they're trying to buy. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, one of those things where people might feel a little bit of fear of missing out or something and they want to get in the market and they feel a little bit rushed. But the thing that I always hear when we hear from your clients in testimonials, and they always seem so, so eager to, to go on record and say why they liked working with John, um, is that they say they never felt rushed. So, even though it, you know, we were talking about what a good time it might be to get in the market, but if, if somebody is in that position and they call you, they're not going to get the rush treatment from you, are they? No, I don't, you know, I, I don't pressure people or try to rush people, but I do try to give accurate and good advice. And it's, it's funny along that, that line, people that I talked to sort of uh, early August, let's just say, uh, and partly because I was personally going on holidays, but partly because I saw that the market was probably going to take a little bit of a, you know, a slump or a, or, or a drop in terms of activity. Uh, you know, I, I was the opposite of rushing him. I was saying, hey, you know, if it were me and this were my house, I'd probably rather have a hit in September, right after the September 6th or 7th long weekend. And, you know, chances are you'll have a better uh, selling opportunity. And also chances are when you do sell and you're looking to buy again, there'll probably be more listings to look at. So back in early August, I kind of was telling people, look, there's not a whole lot to look at in terms of new listings and you can sell right now, but I think you'll have a better audience uh, in terms of buyers for your property in September. So I certainly wasn't rushing those people. However, if someone called me today and said, hey, my house is ready to go, I'm ready to sell, I wouldn't rush them, but I would probably advise them, this is a great opportunity. It, you know, I'd, I'd make sure this was true first and I'd do my homework, but chances are, if they're in a detached house in say Willoughby Heights, uh, I'd say, hey, there's nothing on the market. There's a ton of demand. Let's get it on sooner rather than later, because I have a feeling, you know, there will be other listings hitting the market. So it depends on the on the property. But right now, I wouldn't rush anybody, but there certainly would not be uh, a strong argument uh, to, to wait right now, because I think the supply and demand ratios at the moment, and again, it's probably going to change within a matter of weeks, but the supply and demand ratios right now are probably as out of whack and strongly favoring sellers as they were back in March and April. And that's why you need a, a professional like John Carlson, because uh, he knows the market. And johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. And uh, I guess uh, going into October and November, uh, you, you don't like to make predictions, but uh, what are you kind of planning for 
for the end of this year as kind of COVID hopefully wraps up and we move on? Well, I'm planning for a busy fall market. And quite frankly, I've got my social calendar completely blocked off until December 15th. I'm, I'm working uh, right now until almost Christmas. I think that we're going to see um, a whole whack of good new listings hit the market in the next you know, week, two, three, something like that. This will carry on through October and November. I think these listings that hit the market in the near future are going to be sucked up by the market and do extremely well in terms of sale prices. And then, you know, depending on how strong the demand is, I think it'll stay pretty strong. We're going to have a little bit more balanced market in uh, in October, November, but it's still going to favor sellers and it's still going to be a fantastic market to operate in, whether you're buying or selling. So I'm seeing pretty much sunny skies and uh, a lot of work ahead. Right. John Carlson. Uh, well, best of luck and welcome back after a, a few weeks off, some much needed vacation time. Uh, and uh, if you want to get a hold of John, uh, as we've been talking about, it's a kind of a good time. Uh, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. That's the easiest way to get him. You can also, uh, he has a number of easy ways to get a hold of John. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. And you can phone him at 604-612-0080. So we'll talk to you again in a week. So you, you say you're getting down to business. You're not kidding. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week, right? See you next Saturday. Right on. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, uh, we just had the debates last week and uh, the election is coming up in uh, just over a week. And it's shaping up to be one of the most expensive federal elections in history. And I'll tell you why next. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Uh, big thanks to John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com, and see why uh, he might be the guy to sell your house because uh, he has got the experience. He's sold more than a thousand properties uh, in the lower mainland, and he's been doing this for many, many years. So go to his website. You can see how much you can save uh, with a 2% realtor as well. It can be a, a pretty uh, big chunk of change with the price of houses these days. And we're less, well, actually just over a week until the federal election, a week Monday. And it's looking like this will be Canada's most expensive election ever. A very costly 36 days. Elections Canada is projecting a $610 million price tag. In 2019, it only cost $502 million. Um, not great at math, but that's almost, actually that's just over $100 million more than it was in 2019. Most of the extra cost is from the pandemic. Extra staff, new equipment, and extra protocols that slow things down. A fact sheet posted on the Elections Canada website from November 2020 estimated the costs for pandemic safety material, such as masks, plastic dividers and sanitizer, uh, adjustments to the vote-by-mail system, and a voter information campaign would cost approximately $52 million dollars. In every election, what tends to cost the most is paying the workers and renting office space for returning officers in 338 ridings and sites for 20,000 temporary polling stations. Other costs? 
include supplies that you need for polling stations. You need a lot of pencils, <laughs> a lot of computers, phones, signs, and ballots. And consider the price of a, a regular ballot. It seems like that should be really, really cheap. But a regular ballot costs approximately seven cents for a piece of ballot paper and roughly 10 cents to print each one, depending on the number of candidates and the riding location. For example, Elections Canada says as many as 40 million ballots could be printed for this election at 17 cents per ballot. That's a cost of $6.8 million alone. But they've had the debates. They had the last debate on Thursday night. And uh, I don't know if there was a clear winner. It seemed like the same old talking points. People are saying that uh, it didn't really move the needle all that much. But the election is coming up a week from Monday. So don't forget to get out and vote. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And did you know that uh, our next guests are responsible for keeping more than a billion plastic uh, and other types of drink containers out of our landfills. We're going to talk to the people from returnit.ca when we return on Vancouver Consumer. But first, the news is next, so stick around for that. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.